Hello and welcome to a CICM podcast with Menzies. Today we will be jumping in on the conversation about trading with familiar faces. So without further ado, I'd like to hand over to Beth and Evans to introduce our speakers for today. Thanks, Tom. My name's Beth Evans and I'm a partner at Menzies LLP. I'm a licensed insolvency practitioner and I'm joined today by my colleagues Giuseppe Parler, a senior manager and also an insolvency practitioner in the department and Alex Davis, who is a manager in our restructuring department. So we're going to talk today about, as Tom said, trading with a familiar face. I think it's a um, situation that many people will have come across where a customer ceases to trade. They owe you money, so you are their creditor. But the same directors go and set up a new company. Nuco wants to trade with you. You're a key supplier for them. So what do you need to think about? Alex, there are lots of issues here. What sorts of things should people be looking out for? So there are lots of things to consider, as you say. And um, firstly, um, the first thing I'd be looking at is what's happened to the old company. Is it an insolvency procedure? Is it still active on company's house? Is it in liquidation? If not, is it in administration? Um, are there assets listed on the company's um, accounts? If so, what's happened to those assets? You know, has new code taken them? Um, and if you're a creditor of, of the previous company, then those assets should be protected for the benefit um, of for creditors to pay in old debts and not just necessarily being transferred to, to the new company. Um, even if you're owed just a small amount of money um, and they're a relatively big um, customer of yours, you know, you need to consider these things because you may not be so lucky next time. Thanks for that. So what should people be doing about the old debt? Should they be spending money petitioning to wind up the old company? Not necessarily. You may have already lost enough money um, petition, winding up petitions are almost seen as the last resort. Uh, you don't want to go and then throw more money at something that you may not necessarily um, have a return on. So there's a cost benefits, an benefits analysis to be done. I, I agree, Alex. It's, it's certainly um, the final nail in the coffin, I guess, for any uh, relationship that you, you may aspire to have. So if you are going to consider the petition route, um, I think that's where you've got grounds to believe that there's there's value there where it's been wrongly dissipated the assets or uh, the, taken by the director or, or the new co so um, as you can appreciate the liquidator or administrator has powers to claw back that value um, and have it distributed back to the creditors that wrote the money so Giuseppe the question on most suppliers lips is going to be is the new co going to pay the old co's debt? That's true. Um, and I guess I'd say, why not ask? Ask outright. Um, it's, a, it's a commercial decision for the party at the end of the day. So you can certainly ask the question. Um, if, if the new co wants to go from strength to strength, it's going to have to please some people, I think. Um, and at the same time, though, you, you have to ask whether the new new company is is sustainable um is it gonna have this same problem again cropping up um 
if, if it's not, then why wasn't a model put forward such as a company voluntary arrangement? Um, you know, that, that could have been perhaps a, a better option for the old company. So that would be where we have a continuation of the old company and there's no sort of ceasing to trade of the old company and setting up new company, but instead uh, drawing a line under that historical debt um, and simply paying it over time. Uh, is that right? That's right. Yeah. So it could be a proportion of the debt that's that's been agreed by, by the creditors. So say perhaps 20p in every pound of the debt debt owed um, and, that, and that may be better than paying all the historical debt via a new company. CVAs they're, they're quite complex um, and we've done a, obviously a whole podcast on that previously um, but the key feature that I think is a good takeaway point for everyone here is are they fit, fair and feasible? Um, this, this is what us as insolvency practitioners would do when we're looking at a set of proposals with the directors um, at that stage where the nominee, but we're looking to see, is it fit, fair and feasible what's being put to, to the creditors? Um, and obviously when trading on with a familiar face, I think this is a good good mantra to, to keep in mind. Ultimately, we're, we're trying to protect ourselves from any potential second loss. So we've seen this feasibility aspect rise in prepackaged administrations as well, haven't we? With the requirement for NUCO to have an independent review undertaken. Yes, that's right. So we're um, purchasers of the business of the same individuals as the old company. They're advised to um, obtain an independent review from what's called an evaluator. Now, these evaluators have um, industry knowledge um, about insolvency and understand how these deals work and the, the point of these is to understand whether the new company is feasible you know it looks at things such as business plans the strategy funding and cash flows going forward if they have had a, an evaluator's opinion on the pre-packaged administration this should give you some comfort going forward that it has been looked at by an, an independent third party and they've agreed that this is the best strategy. Now, these, the, the opinion of the evaluator should be disclosed in the proposals. Um, so again, if a company is going into administration, it's, it's always good to have a little flick through the proposals and see what the opinion is. Thanks, Alex. I mean, from a practical perspective, though, suppliers may not know that the business has been sold to Newco until afterwards. And the outcome of that feasibility review is not going to be reported until, as you say, the administrator's proposals. Those might not be published until several days later, maybe a week or so later. So there's likely to be that time lag, isn't there, on getting the document. Um, so the question, I suppose, for most suppliers is going to be when they find out about the business sale, then negotiating the terms of trade going forward, probably on the telephone, um, and thinking about how they mitigate and protect against that second loss that we've previously spoken about. Yeah, that's right, Beth. As you say, it's all about mitigating your loss. And when you enter into these negotiations with a new company, it's all about approaching these conversations with a healthy dose of professional scepticism. And, you know, you need to 
um, is that balance between wanting to generate new to- turnover and sec- secure the new client as well as you know protecting yourself from that second loss. So if there's no scope for the old debt to be paid, what might suppliers do instead? Um, they could consider putting their prices up, I guess, to, to try and recoup the debt. Yeah, I've seen it as well where there's been a previously a prompt payment discount. Um, so maybe they'd do away with that um, so as to try and recoup some of that old debt. Definitely. Yeah, I've seen that as well. That's a that's a good one. Um, another one I've seen is just reducing your payment terms. Um, again, just whilst the trust is building, perhaps move from 60 days down to 30 or, or something comparable, really. Yeah, that's right, Giuseppe. So, but at the same time, you need to bear in mind the impact that that's going to have on your new company's working capital. It's it's a balancing act. Again, you don't want to drive them out of business, especially if they're a big customer of yours. And here we're back to feasibility, aren't we? Um, and as a supplier, you want to be mindful of that too. Giuseppe, have you got any other pointers? Um, something I've seen from both sides of the fence, really. So for for the clients we act for, but also um, as an insolvency practitioner is retention of title claims. I think they can be a, a, quite a, a useful tool um, and, and enables you to recover the the stock or items um, if you've not been paid. Um, obviously, you need to m- make sure your items are ready, readily uh, and identifiable so they can be recovered. And you need to ensure that your terms and conditions uh, are fully visible and valid on the, on any um, invoicing and correspondence. But I guess key from an ROT perspective is act quickly. Don't dither. Contact the insolvency practitioner because um, as soon as one is appointed, obviously our, our job is to get on and, and realise the assets. So, yeah, don't don't delay. What else should suppliers be asking or looking out for when they're thinking about trading with a familiar face? I suppose it's all about understanding the reasons for failure. So was it poor management, exceptional circumstances like the pandemic and lockdowns and Brexit? It could be a contingent liability that's crystallised and has ultimately made the company fold. Or it could be a funding issue. And if, if it is a funding issue, is new company going to have a funding issue? And if so, how is it going to resolve it? It's all about painting the picture to understand the business and its operations going forward. Yeah, I mean, I've actually seen a lovely little business recently with exactly that that you've mentioned. Um, a significant liability has arisen um, and so the business is most likely going to be forced into an insolvency process. The underlying business is sound, though. Nothing untoward appears to have been going on. It's likely that it will be pre-packed, so a pre-packaged administration. And of course, they're going to need key suppliers on that journey with them. At the same time, the new company that buys that business out of the administration is going to have to raise funds to be able to buy it. Um, and for its working capital. Yes, I think I think we come back round to that point of um, really the suppliers protecting yourself against that second loss. Um, so again, going back round to we may require cash on delivery or or shorter payment terms to protect ourselves. I think. 
it can be really difficult for new businesses to get off the ground, especially with working capital um, management. It's, it's, a, it's a complex um, situation for companies and critical for even mature companies, let alone startups. You know, so suppliers need to be mindful that if they want to trade, um, they do need to protect themselves against a second loss. We're also, as you um, alluded to earlier, starting to see businesses fail as a result of the pandemic. There's going to be some that fail because of the pandemic. Um, and what you need to understand was, was the pandemic the reason for failure? Um, or was it that there was an underlying problem at, prior to the pandemic and the pandemics brought that to a head? And we're already starting to see businesses that have failed despite all the funding in place. And is it because the funding wasn't used to support that business as it should? Um, so again, there's questions to be had when, when a company does go into an insolvency process. Yeah, and I think that's where an insolvency practitioner would come in there, Alex, and um, hopefully be able to run claims, whether that be in a liquidation or administration, that hopefully can recoup some of those monies for, for the creditors. Um, but I think to note here is that, that creditors can play a, a big part in it and um, assist the insolvency practitioner by providing their knowledge. So always good to, to keep a note of uh, conversations that led up to an insolvency as well. Yeah, it's really critical to remember that as a creditor, as a supplier to a business, you have a lot of information that the insolvency practitioner wouldn't necessarily have. So that communication point is really important. What other questions might suppliers want to think about when trading with a familiar face? Um, has the old company failed because of market contraction? Um, is the demand for the product service no longer there? Or, or is the, if that's something the case, then perhaps why is the new company going to survive? You know, why is it going to be that much better? Um, are the reasons you're given by the by this um, customer, are they making sense? Um, and, and does it all stack up? Um, another area we've seen quite a lot is um, fixed price contracts. Um, costs and materials and labor have gone through the roof. Um, so the contracts have been no longer sustainable. So uh, that's led to business failures as well. Yeah, I've um, seen this just in the last couple of weeks as well. Um, again, a really lovely little business crippled as a result of a fixed price contract. The, um, the costs of materials have risen dramatically. Supply has also been difficult as a result of Brexit. And an increase in the price of the contract has not been successfully negotiated so the business has had to unfortunately cease to trade, it's run out of money and it can't pay the employees. Sadly, jobs have been lost and a lot of people will be out of pocket as a result. Yeah, so if you you know, you know do see an insolvency like this, I think um, a way to recoup your loss may well be through the insolvency. So just do make sure um, your proof of debt is completed and submitted to the insolvency practitioner. Absolutely. Uh, we've talked a lot about lots of um, different issues when trading with a familiar face. Um, can each of you, Alex and Giuseppe, give me your key takeaways? My top tips would be always to approach these situations with scepticism. Do your research and understand the company that you trade with. Giuseppe? 
similar. Um, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. So being careful that you don't incur that second loss. Um, think about that fit, fair and feasible. Are you getting the answers that stack up, make sense? Um, and one other thing just to potentially think about is a personal guarantee. I've seen that a lot with some of our uh, clients we work with and a personal guarantee can certainly be a good tool to uh, focus the mind. Thank you. And obviously, if anybody's got any um, issues or needs any help with completing their paperwork, we're always on hand to help them. Thanks very much, both. Yeah, thank you all three of you. Uh, another brilliant podcast from Menzies. Uh, if you found this useful, keep an eye for future releases on the CICM social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter, and catch up on past podcasts in your members area.